Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. and I'm in the middle of Texas in the country so my internet is spotty and I am praying that we have good reception because Sunny is one of the sweetest <laughs> brightest souls with such a fascinating story you're a little Texas star also she's in the Texas music scene and Aww. you are just so talented so and she's also neighbors with my sister and I think Probably subconsciously, you yeah. are, you're one of the reasons why we named our, our daughter Sunny because I got to know you when I was living in Austin. <laughs> and you just are the sweetest um, soul. Oh, thank you. And I, your sister is one of my favorite people ever. Like, she's the best. She is. So I just kind of want to start, and you have such an interesting story. You've gone through so much from loss, from health issues, back-to-back um, -back babies, the second one unexpected, being married to a star, Jordan. He was a big football star. And then y'all went on to having your own hunting show, and you just have such an amazing story. So I kind of want to start from the beginning. Tell me about your childhood and your life and how you got into music and some of the events that shaped who you are. Yeah, so I grew up in like Northwest Texas, like right before you hit the panhandle, it's called Rotan. It's probably only has like, I would say 1,100 people in it right now. Um, but it was a 1A school when I was there and um, my dad's a farmer and rancher. So just, you know, a really low key life and um, I had a brother and a sister um one of the biggest events that has shaped me you know growing up wise is I lost my sister when she was 15 and I was 13 
so that was just, you know, loss is just hard in general, but when you're young and then it's a sister who's like really close to you, it totally shapes you in a different way, you know? Um, so yeah, Rotan, and then I went on to Texas Tech for a year, then South Plains College Music how, School. How did you and know Belmont. that? Because my um, husband, Michael, lost a brother when he was 12 and his brother was 15, so very similar. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And they were super close. Um, yeah. How does your life change when that happens? Well, I think... Um, <sighs> especially when you grow up in a small town, it's, it's not sheltered on purpose. It's just, it just is, you know, cause you're just mostly around good, really good people. Not that you aren't in the city, but it's just like, it's just a little different. Everyone's family, you know, and you just never think anything, you know, everybody you can, I mean, like I was driving when I was 12 and driving to school and <laughs> so everyone knows everyone and you just, it doesn't ever register with you that anything like that could ever happen, you know? Um, and then when it does, it just totally like rocks your world and kind of makes you grow up faster, you know, than maybe what you should have or wanted to. Um, was it, was it a crime? But yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, in a way she fell out of the back of a pickup. Yeah. So I totally have phobias about, that like <laughs> people riding in back of pickups and ATVs and things like that for sure. So, gosh, what um and you're so uh, you're amazing to talk about this because I know this these are hard things to talk about, but I know a lot of people deal with loss and especially in a year that's been a really hard year for totally. people. How how did you mm -hmm. um, find ways to deal with? your the pain and, and especially especially being so young like how do how did where did you go for mm -hmm. refuge um well I'm just a creative person I think you, you mean you are too obviously and um I dove into music for sure um like in my room I would sing on my karaoke machine for hours like my parents said I would literally go in there and sing for hours and then I started writing like poetry and stuff which led to songwriting um but I think I stuffed a lot of it because when you're young you just do that because you just don't want to deal with it and then it, you know it, it ends up biting you in the butt and comes out later and in, in different ways and you end up having to deal with it um but yeah I think just in the moment dealing with it then just like creativity for sure yeah. is that kind of what like pushed you so deeply into music um I kind I was already doing it but I think I just got more and more into it and I didn't realize it at the time but I it's you know become therapy for sure um since then and you know always has been so so how did you, so after okay started playing music uh, when you're young early teenage years when did you start performing and when did you start really realizing that you had a talent and you wanted to pursue this um well I think we did like little plays and this is so funny it's so like West Texas small town but we did like plays and stuff in church and I didn't know like I had any talent I just liked to do it and of course everyone there says will tell you you're good you know no matter what um 
but I, my dad's always, he's always been like a pretty honest critic and he, you know, he just like, I think you really ought to pursue this and, um, and work on it. So that's when I was like, okay, well maybe this, this could be something, you know? So, so I kind of like when I, I grew up in Waco, Texas and I felt like I was everyone always told, I sang at church and in the show choirs and the, all the choirs and everyone's like, Oh my God, you're so good. You could really make it. You should move to Nashville. You should do all this stuff. And so like, you kind of go in thinking like, man, I actually like, I'm pretty awesome. Like, I, I think I can do this. And like you moved to Austin and I moved to Nashville and it's like, you get there and it's like, Whoa, there's so many amazing people. Like, cause it's, yeah, you're the star or able to shine so bright in your smaller town. It's like, when you get to the big city, it was a big culture shock for me. And I was super intimidated and shut down about singing for a while. And I got nervous. Did you experience any of that mm -hmm. when you got to like a big city with a lot of talented people? Yes. And I didn't even move to a big city. I moved to Lubbock and I went to um, tech for a year. And then I transferred to the music, the country and bluegrass school at South Plains, which a lot of people um, like the Dixie chick. Well, not Dixie chicks, but Natalie Maines went there. Um, Leanne Walmack. There's been several people who have gone. Jed Hughes. Um, you probably know Jed. Yeah. Um, Trent Wilman. Oh yeah. Uh, lots of people have been through there. Yeah. And um, so I went there and it's a very small school, but even there, the talent is just unbelievable. And I got like my confidence knocked really early because the vocal coach, I'd never had vocal lessons or guitar lessons or anything like that. I'd learned to do everything wrong, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you're, you're singing all wrong. And so I would go back home on the weekends and sing at church. And my dad would be like, what happened to you? Like you don't have any confidence anymore. And I didn't. So yeah, I definitely went through that whole deal having to relearn um, some technique stuff that I really did need to relearn. Um, I didn't think I did at the time, but you know, as time goes on, you realize, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, that is better, you know? <laughs> so, so for that? sure. Because like, I remember when I was, early on, like young in my early twenties. And I moved to Nashville, gone to Belmont. And I hit those first, well, I hit some in high school too, but I hit those first really big roadblocks where it's like, you get your confidences shot. You feel like you have to change everything. You feel like you're kind of like, I mean, I always felt, I was so extreme. I always felt like sort of like a loser, like I wasn't good enough and all this stuff. And it's like, how did you decide to press on? Because a lot of times people hit those moments and they just quit and they just decide that they're just done and it's too hard and they're not going to make it. But really everybody hits those moments. It's just, you have to decide that you're going to work through them and press on and let yourself feel a little embarrassed. Let yourself feel like you have so much to learn. Let yourself grow, let yourself be exposed and be vulnerable. How did you decide that? Yes, this is really hard. My confidence is knocked, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working on this because I know I have it and I know I can get to the next level if I keep pushing. Like how, how did you talk yourself into that? Because I feel like a lot of people want to quit at those moments. Um, well, I think ha just for me, having people in my life that were encouraging, like my parents, you know, they, they were never like, okay, you need to go do something else, you know? And I'm so thankful for that. Um, 
because they easily could have. Um, and then also I fell in love with songwriting, which was, had nothing to do. I mean, it does, but it had nothing to do with like my singing or, um, guitar playing, even though you have to do both of those when you songwrite. Um, but I fell in love with that even more. I had kind of already been messing with it a little bit, but, um, just kind of more or less dove into that more than, um, singing and, um, I thought I, I could do this for, you know, even if I didn't sing, you know, I could definitely do this for the rest of my life um, if I really work at it. So, so yeah, that's, I guess that's just kind of how I dealt with it and um, kind of decided to take the next step and, and move to Nashville. So. Okay. So what was Nashville like for you? Um, well, I went to Belmont. I know you did too. And that's kind of how we oh, ran into each other. Here, so it's been so long. Like, I feel so old because it's been like so many years ago. But, but I was um, so afraid when I was at Nashville and when I was in college at Belmont, like I was so intimidated. It was so overwhelming for me. Yeah. Like I would just go to class and go home. And like, I, I was so scared to like get to know people or I thought everyone was better than me. I was, I moved to Texas mm -hmm. and having all this family and then moving to a new state. Like I wish I could have been more confident when I was, in Belmont and like put myself out there more because I feel like I missed a lot of opportunities because I was so afraid of just that I wasn't good enough and that everyone was judging me when really no one's even looking at you. Yeah, because we saw each other like out a little bit, but I was just like, I, I was such a nervous wreck when I was in college. <laughs> um, same. Um, very intimidated. Um, the only thing I feel like that saved me was, well, I had a, an amazing roommate that I was just paired with. I didn't know her, but she's also from Texas. Her name's Sarah. Um, well, it's Gary now, but her name was Sarah Irby. Um, but she actually, when I first moved there, she just, she'd already been there a semester and she like um, pushed me to enter like songwriting competitions and stuff like that. And I, the one thing I feel like that saved me was the songwriting competition at Belmont um, because that opened so many doors for me what and for gave what? me confidence kind of before, even though I feel so. What kind of doors did that open for you? Sorry. I know. Sorry. It's my rant. Um, well, one of my, <laughs> it's like cutting out. Um, one of my judges ended up being my publisher later on. We just kind of kept a relationship. Um, and then I ended up, um, interning for one of my judges which led to some other opportunities and um I just realized you just kind of have to put yourself out there and I was I sucked like I sucked so bad when I <laughs> I like back at the songs like that I played and everything and I was it's so embarrassing but um but yeah that that definitely just you know it just putting yourself out there and I was still so insecure, but, um, I, I definitely have regret. I have regrets about not putting myself out there more, um, when I was there, but you know, there's a reason for everything. If I could tell my younger self anything, it would be stop overanalyzing yourself. Stop playing small, take every opportunity. You're going to suck in the beginning because you're just figuring it out, but dare to suck go for it. 
And thank, good for you for joining the songwriting competition because that's nerve-wracking. You're in Nashville at Belmont University, the music school, and you're putting yourself out there to be judged as a songwriter. I mean, I didn't have the confidence to do that. I bar I started playing at Judge Bean's Barbecue barely, like after living in Nashville for like two years. I finally started singing out. Like it took me forever to even sing out in Nashville because I'm like, everyone's so good. I'm just a loser. Yeah. Yeah. No, the singing part for sure. I, I mean, like there's so, there's just the singers. They're just so many amazing singers. Like that is d definitely intimidating and songwriters too. But when I first moved there, I was just oblivious. I didn't know. You know, I think that was also a savior was like, I had no idea how, how good people were, you know? So anyway, <laughs> getting a publishing deal is a big deal. Like I ended up getting a publishing deal too, through an internship, also an internship, which is another thing I would tell my younger self, which we both did. And I'm glad is intern, get involved, get any opportunity. If you have working for free, doing whatever, working in the mailroom, hauling trash, whatever you can get involved with the industry that you want to be in and like interning led me to everything every opportunity I had started from internships and that led to your publishing deal which mm -hmm. is amazing to get a publishing deal that young is huge yeah and honestly I probably wasn't ready for a publishing deal um but when you're that young and you're like broke <laughs> eating <laughs> eggs and popcorn every night you're like heck yeah <laughs> you know and in hindsight I I probably should have um waited and and uh weighed out my options and stuff but you know you you do what you got to do so so in the middle of all this you are also struggling with an autoimmune disorder yeah I I think I started so um it I didn't start feeling bad until about three years out of college. Um, and my husband and I, which is a whole other story, but um, we got engaged, I guess, my second year riding for the pub company. Um, and brought you back to Texas. And Jordan? Yeah. Um, well, actually, the hell stuff ended oh. up bringing, bringing us back. And, and then he got he played football um, at Cincinnati, which is only four hours from now. So I would go back and forth because you could drive, which was crazy that he even got drafted um, somewhere so close to Nashville. But um, it worked out perfectly um, because he was busy during the week. I was busy during the week. And then I could drive, you know, and spend time with him on the weekends. But were y'all sweethearts? Um, I started, I would say. Sorry, I, I'm sorry, everyone listening. My connection sucks. This is uh, my fault, but it's called Get Real. Uh, um, we actually met. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it may be my connection. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we we met in. I'm sorry. I'm hearing my baby in there. So if I'm distracted, um, that's why. <laughs> um, we met in Rotan. Um, his dad uh, was a high school football coach, and so they moved the year after we lost my sister Haley and we you know held hands and watched movies for a year and um then they ended up moving away after that um, but we we kind of kept in touch for like 10 years after that and then um long story short his when I moved to Nashville his um 
one of his best friends from high school. I don't know if you know Luke Pale, but he was on The Bachelor. Yes, um, yes. At The Bachelor. Okay. Yeah. So that Luke is actually one of Jordan's best friends from high school. They had a cute, like an, an awesome group of guys that they, I know, isn't that crazy, crazy, that they went to high school with. And Luke was stationed in, you know, he was in the, um, the army. So he was stationed outside of Nashville and he was being deployed that year. And so all the boys came up to see him and um, they, he called me when he came up there and we kind of hung out. I had a boyfriend at the time, but I didn't tell either one of them. <laughs> um, and then uh, when Luke came back the next summer, um, thankfully, uh, they all came back to see him again. And that's when we started dating so y'all and then we got engaged really fast after that y'all had young love and sparks that never died i think so and my mom always told me that i would marry him and and my grandmother too like my grandmother loved jordan even when he was 13 and 14 years old you know and i was always like no whatever because he was still um he was still like just a little skinny you know, he was so sweet, but he was, he wasn't a man yet, you know? <laughs> and so I couldn't like process that in my head yet. But, um, definitely when we got back around each other, I was like, okay, yeah, they were right. <laughs> so what was it about Jordan? And then I want to get back to you getting diagnosed with your autoimmune disorder and all that and how you dealt with that and yeah. obviously moving back to Texas engagement. But what was it about Jordan that was so special that your mom and grandma noticed right away? My grandmother used to, he was just sweet. Like she said that he would just always be like patting on, like on my leg or just checking on me or um, he was just, he was affectionate, like, but not in like creepy ways, you know? Um, and I never, I've never been like a super cuddly, affectionate person. Um, but he was, and I don't know, he just has, he just has a real, I don't want to cry. <laughs> you can cry. Okay. But his heart, <laughs> he just has like the purest heart Aww. of anybody I've ever known. So that's, that's probably what they saw. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like a complete, I'm pregnant. So my hormones are like, <laughs> you're super pregnant too. You're, you've got only a couple months left, right? Um, yeah, so he's due April 27th. So, yeah, like three months. <laughs> okay, so you met Jordan again. You've been in Nashville. You have a publishing deal. You're writing music. And you're probably planning on staying in Nashville, right? Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what we we had talked about, you know, before we got married was he he's always been so supportive. And um, he's, he said, I don't want you to ever follow me or you know, I'll, I love what you do. I want you to pursue it. And um, he said, we'll just, you know, do what we have to do so you can do that. Um, and so I never felt any kind of like pressure or anything from him to, to move or quit doing it or, you know, to support him more or anything like that. So, and of course I tried, you know, tried my best to support him and and his things too, but what do I know about football, you know? <laughs> so, um, anyway, we got engaged and then, um, we were actually 
in Texas, we were meeting with our preacher. We were driving um, from Rotan to Lubbock um, to do our premarital um, counseling and stuff. And we had a really, really, we're both very lucky to be alive. We had a terrible um, car wreck and um, the truck rolled down like a culvert like four or five times. I don't know exactly how many. It, we hit a guardrail going like, thank goodness we weren't going full speed, but we hit it head on going probably like 50 or 55 and then flipped, flipped over the guard. We hit the guardrail, flipped over long ways, like the onto the guardrail and then down the culvert, like four or five times. And I didn't have my seatbelt on cause I had taken it off. Um, and I was leaning up in the seat to look in the mirror to put my makeup on. And I don't know why he didn't have his seatbelt on. He just didn't, we were just young and dumb. And, um, uh, so whenever we hit the, uh, what do you call it? Airbag hit me like pretty hard because I was close. Um, and when I got, when we got out of it, we both got ourselves out of the truck. And the only reason there were people out there close to us, um, fire trucks and everything was because they're having terrible wildfires that year out in that area otherwise we would have been by ourselves for at least 30 45 minutes but there was someone there really quick because our um, on star went off and i had gotten up and your adrenaline's going i had gotten up and i heard something like and felt something kind of click in my neck but i didn't think anything of it and um i know <laughs> it's gross sorry and um so when the fire, the fire truck was there first and one of the firemen came out and he was like, are you okay? I, I had like, Jordan had nothing. It was crazy. He literally had a scratch on his foot cause he was wearing flip flops. And, um, I had like a bad burn and, um, like a cut and glass all in me and stuff. Um, but other than that, I was like, no, I think I'm fine. He said, did you feel anything like in your neck or your back? And I said, well, I did feel like a little pop click when I got out and started walking and he said lay down <laughs> and then they strapped me to the deal and like secured me and everything and um put me in the uh, ambulance when I got there and we did um x-rays and everything came back clear so I went home and the next day I couldn't move like literally I was so sore I couldn't move and so they sent me back to do sorry just text message coming <laughs> um they sent me back to a CAT scan and they found out that I had fract actually fractured my neck. So that was a long recovery because I was really close to having to go into surgery. I'm so lucky, like seriously, so blessed and lucky that it was not worse than it was, especially since I got sent home and they, they can, it can shift, you know, and cause even more problems. Um, but yeah, I had to um, w be like braced up for like, five months after that and my wedding and everything <laughs> your wedding <laughs> which I can laugh about it now <laughs> you gonna break in your wedding yeah um this uh -huh, this well everything except for pictures and walking down the aisle um the surgeon told me he said if you were my daughter and I was walking you down the aisle he said I and and I had you and I was the only one touching you I would say okay do that and for pictures and things like that. But he said, other than that, you have to wear that, you have to put that brace back on. 
And so, yeah, I was in the embrace in my wedding dress. That's, I mean, hey, you'll never forget it, but were, could you have been paralyzed otherwise? Yeah, he said that, you know, it, if someone bumped me or I fell or they hugged me too hard or something like that, like that fracture could shift even like, a, you know, a tiny, tiny amount and it caused that or, you know, just have to have surgery. So, um, I was lucky. <laughs> Dad deserves something really nice for Father's Day. But let's face it, we usually don't do it. Big gifts are for Mother's Day. Picking something up on the way is for Father's Day. Well, let's make Father's Day something this year with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. It whips up over 60 premium cocktails on demand, each ready at the push of a button. And right now, you get $50 off the Bartesian Cocktail Maker when you buy one pack of Dad's favorite cocktail capsules. Dad will publicly love that you saved 50 on the countertop machine that crafts premium cocktails on demand. And he'll secretly love that you splurged on him for Father's Day with the gift of a Bartesian. Because the only thing that lets Dad know he's the world's number one dad better than a world's number one dad coffee mug is an artisan cocktail in his hand. Make Dad's Father's Day and Father's Day cocktails with all natural juices and bitters without making any mess at all. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get $50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Artesian. Premium cocktails on demand. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. So what are you thinking? Like when you are in the truck and it's pushing over and over and over again, and then you get out and you're going through this process, like what is that like to be in a, a, good, a, good, a truly like near death experience? Like, I mean, I know you didn't maybe like go off and like see the white lights, but like you were like just a hair away from death. Like what is that like to experience that? Yeah, I think I actually, um... I didn't, I didn't even know what PTSD was at the time, but I think I actually had PTSD from that because, um, and to this day when we're riding in the car, I still like, um, like squirm when we pass a guardrail and it's kind of close, you know? 
Um, and for the longest time, like I would freak out um, when I was a passenger and we would pass a guardrail. So I think, that, you know, obviously that's not you know, like a normal thing for someone to do. So I think there was some PTSD and I, I don't think I like realized how cool, like how bad it could have been. Um, Cause everything we were like getting married and um, so busy at that time that I just didn't like process it. But, but yeah, I definitely had some things I had to, to deal with and work through with that. And especially like with Jordan and, and driving and stuff, we would get into so many fights <laughs> about his, like about his driving and stuff. So that was something we had to work through too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just feel we, we, we both feel really lucky. Um, how did your, how did your family handle her work? Um, I think it was pretty traumatic for, well, my dad drove up on us because he was out checking cows um, close to where we were. And um, Jordan called um, my mom and dad and just let them know that we were okay. But what had happened because it's such a small like town that he was afraid that they would hear it, you know, because um, people have scanners and stuff like that. And they, he was afraid that they would hear that we were in a wreck, you know, and freak out. But he just wanted them to know that we were okay. But my dad actually, um, he was close. So he drove out there and saw me, you know, get into the ambulance and everything. And I'm sure that was traumatic for him, you know, after what happened with my sister and everything. But, yeah, it was a hard day. <laughs> Funny. And then after all this, or is this when you start with your autoimmune also? Or were you in the middle of that? Because, I mean, when did that start playing? About? Yeah. You know, uh, I'll try, gosh, this is such a long story, and I'll try to not make it so long because I don't want to sound like I'm playing my violin. <laughs> but um, so almost immediately after that, I don't know if it, it was had something to do with it or if it was just coincidence, but I started, um, like, right after I healed from that, um, the neck break and everything, I started having like all kinds of weird symptoms. Um, and I just, I was tired all the time and, um, that just tons of different things that I knew something wasn't right. And, um, so, um, I had a lot of testing done. Um, they diagnosed me with Lyme disease, uh, severe Epstein-Barr. And so I started like treating those. Um, and I, I got way worse, way worse. It, when we were treating them. And so about that time, Jordan got hurt really bad. And, um, and he got hurt. He ended up getting traded. Oh. Um, he, so he got, um, he had had lots of injuries in college, but he got um, a knee injury, like a really bad knee injury when he was playing at um, Cincinnati. And he, he was doing so great. Like his uh, rookie year was phenomenal. And this was his second year, um, and he was doing great again. And then he got injured, um, and they let him go, which they wow. do. I mean, it's the NFL. They're just, you know, it's cut, cutthroat. <laughs> um, so they let him go, and he got picked up by Jacksonville. Um, and he just wasn't the same after that, you know. Um, and then I was getting worse. Um, the pub company, the small pub company I was under, 
ended up closing its doors. And so I didn't get a renewed contract. Um, it was just lots of really hard things going on. And we were newly married, which comes with its, as you know, as, as challenges. <laughs> and um, we just made the choice to, to move back to Texas for at least, you know, a little bit. And um, then I just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so I thought there's something more going on. Um, I, I just need to look more into this. So I had blood work done. Um, I had came back, like I had my autoimmune work done because one of the doctors suggested that I do that. Um, came back like with early markers of RA, with rheumatoid arthritis, um, and then like a few secondary uh, autoimmune diseases off of that. Um, told I was most likely celiac, which runs in my family. Um, and yeah, I just, I quit all like treatments I was doing because I was only getting worse. And um, I just spent like, a year just totally revamping my lifestyle and um, I did autoimmune paleo and um, just everything that I could think of like did all all natural like cleaning products and just wanting trying to feel better you know and um, so gradually I started feeling a little better not not completely but enough to where I didn't feel like I had to be in bed all day which is awesome <laughs> And um, that's about the time we started doing the hunting show, like you. So Sunny, earlier. So is that what it was? You ended up figuring out it was like RA and celiac and all that, and like switching to the all natural is what cured it. Because this is crazy. Yeah. You just survived a major car accident, and then you lose your publishing deal ends. You lose your publishing deal. Jordan is now has an injury, which totally affects his football career. And now you're having to like be in bed in your beginning of marriage I mean this is I mean were you depressed this sounds like it would be so heavy to swallow all this oh yeah I mean I'm I'm not typically a person that has a lot of depression or anxiety but during that time I developed it for sure and I don't I don't want to ever say like I had depression because I know people who suffer with depression mm -hmm. and I would never like um say yeah, that's a whole nother animal. And I don't think I ever had depression, but I did have some depression for sure because of all that. Um, and cause you just don't know, like, am I just going to have to live my the rest of my life this way or just accept that I feel this way, you know, when you're getting all these, um, diagnoses or however you say it, um, just kind of feels like, Oh, there's just not an end in sight here. Um, but I did, you know, going the natural route for me, I know it doesn't work for everyone, um, really helped, not completely. Um, I ended up getting uh, diagnosed with later, a couple of years later with endometriosis, um, which I had to have surgery for that too. And then through like, um, this is such a long story, <laughs> but, um, we had just started. <laughs> so we had just right before I got diagnosed with endometriosis, we had decided to, we were doing the hunting show and we had decided we wanted to try to start a family. And I really, and I'd never had any kind of prob like female problems 
before at all. And um, I think it was God's way of saying, no, you're, you, your body's not, not ready to have babies yet. And it wasn't. Um, and so I had endometriosis surgery and my surgeon basically said, um, when she came out and told me, cause they have to, you know, go in to see like how bad it is. They can see it like on the, um, they do ultrasounds and they can see like cysts and things like that. But to actually tell you how bad it is or whatever, they have to like go in there and see it. Um, and she just said, you want to have kids? And I said, yeah, I, I do. And um, she said, um, well, if you're not pregnant in six months, she said, you'll have to do, she said, those were her words, you'll have to do, um, what do you call it? Fertility treatments. And I was devastated because I knew I still like health wise and like phys like physically and emotionally, I was not ready to carry a baby yet. And so Jordan and I talked through that and, um, he just, he was just like, I don't believe, he said, I don't believe that if you don't want to do fertility. And let me say, I know a lot of people who've done it and it's given them their babies. But for me, after everything I'd been through, I just, I just knew it wasn't something I ever wanted to do. Um, even if that meant I wasn't going to be able to have kids and Jordan agreed. And so he just say, he just said, keep praying and I'll do the same. And he said, if we don't ever have, I'm crying because I'm pregnant and emotional. <laughs> me too. Um, if we don't, I'm sorry, if I didn't realize this was going to get so serious and emotional. Um, if we don't, he said, if we don't, if we don't ever have them, he said, I'm fine. He said, I'm perfectly fine. Oh, you know, he said, I'll love you forever and we'll have a great life and we'll have fun. And he said, don't worry about it. And I said, okay, so we just that kept on living and, um, pressure taken off of you to know that like, you know, you're going to completely give it up to God. You knew in your heart that you weren't physically, emotionally, or mentally ready to do that. I mean, truly what you've gone through to have to then go into fertility treatments, that's so hard on your body. And I agree with you. I've had so many friends who've done that and it has given them beautiful children. Mm -hmm. and it's an amazing mm -hmm. option. But when you know in your heart that you can't handle it and just to trust that you're going to let yeah. it be, that's, that's a big, that's a big move. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I was really, um, worried because Jordan loves kids. He loves them more than me. And he's like, they're just drawn to him, you know, like every kid he's around, they're just drawn to him. And so I'm, I, I, I wanted him to be a dad more than I wanted to be a mom. Like it was just one of those things, but, um, he, he was great through it all. And then we, so we, about that time we started doing the hunting show, which was a terrible reason for so many di different reasons. I mean, a terrible thing for us to do. Why? Um, oh gosh. Well, first of all, we, we loved to hunt, but mostly because you would go and, um, you would get your one deer and you'd stock your freezer, you know, for the year or your one elk or whatever. Um, when we started, we, neither one of us have hunted like hardly. I think Jordan's gone once, like with friends once or twice, 
in the last like three years since we quit. I haven't been at all. Um, the last three deer that I got, I cried um, because like I can't, it, I couldn't justify it anymore because we had plenty of meat and um, it just took the joy away from the whole process. And so that was one reason. Um, and then we were gone all the time. We were just both dog tired. Jordan was gone more than me because I only did like half of the stuff and he did all of it. Um, and so it just, it was a huge stressor gone all the time. Um, where did the show air? It was on the outdoor channel. So it's called Bucks, the Bucks of Tecumati. And I think it's, ugh, I haven't even watched outdoor channel in so long. That's terrible, but I think it's still on, but they have different hosts now, obviously. Um, Jordan were the host and, of that show. Yes. Uh huh. And, um, so we, and I was still feeling pretty bad. I was able to like, you know, tough it out and do things. And, um, but like when you're doing the hunting and stuff, you're having to wake up super early and travel. And, um, I was still doing like paleo. And so I was having to like stock coolers and, um, cook all the time and try to manage my health through all that. Um, and so I was still, you know, doing some music stuff, but that kind of got, got put on the back burner through all that. And um, it shouldn't have, but it did. And then, you know, we just, but I will say, <laughs> I think the reason we did that whole, we, we did meet some really amazing people through the whole thing, but we had to move from Austin to um, Bernie, Texas, which is outside of San Antonio. And through that, I met a girl who um, led me to this holistic clinic um, that's in San Antonio that ended up completely saving my life. Like, I ended up feeling better and then worse again. Um, and then I met her and I started going to this clinic. And um, long story short, I spent two years there and... Li they literally saved my life. What is the clinic? Um, what happened there? Um, so they do, it's, it's a, I always like, um, like, should I tell people this or they just do a lot of like holistic things. And like I said before, I know it doesn't work for everyone. And I, I also have friends who have autoimmune, um, diseases and disorders and things like that who have gone like, you know, the regular like medical route. Um, and it's worked for them, you know, they manage it well and they're happy and, you know, live pretty normal lives. It just didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, and so they do a lot of like, uh, detox therapy. Um, and they basically just build you, build your body back up as they're like detoxing and it just kind of gets rid of the bad and puts back in the good. And I mean, I've seen people walk in there who were in wheelchairs, like with, with RA. And then I was started at the same time as this lady, for example, and she was in a wheelchair. I saw her go from a wheelchair to a walker, a walker to a cane. And then now she's walking on her own. Um, 
So I'm a true believer in, in natural and holistic healing um, because of that, because not only did it work for me, but I saw it work for other people who were way worse off than me. But yeah, and um, so I did that for like two years and I talked to the, the main lady there and she also asked me if I wanted to have kids and I said, yeah, I do. And she said, well, you don't need to do that for, for two years. She said, your, your body's not ready for it. It won't be good for you or the baby. And I said, okay, well, we weren't trying right now anyway. She said, but you'll, you'll get there. She said, I promise you'll get there. And I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. And so I had been at the clinic for two years and it's, it's a really like, um, a hard process because you're detoxing and I don't know if you've ever done like any kind of detoxing or anything but it Not sucks <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, <laughs> so yeah that was it, that was another two years of and she told me she said you're gonna feel worse before you feel better are you okay with that and I said yeah as long as I can see like the light you know at the end of the tunnel and um I did I just started seeing it's hard to explain, but little lights turning on again. And I would be like sitting outside and I would feel like, oh my gosh, I, f I like felt like a joy from, you know, that or whatever. It, it was not just physical, but I, it all goes hand in hand to me. I know that sounds like, ooh, but um, for sure, the lights started slowly turning back on and um after like two years of that I, I was like I can I had an album ready sitting um on the shelf that I had done here in Austin and I was like I can put this album out and so I kind of rushed and got the album ready to go and I put it out and um after, like a month after I put it out I got pregnant <laughs> without we were like thinking about it so that's we had sway um march 31st of this last year and then um three months after we had sway we unexpectedly got pregnant again so yeah they um the the clinic that i went to for sure saved my life so i'm very thankful so it really treated not just your autoimmune, but also your endometriosis. Like you just healed yourself from the inside out. I believe in that yeah. so much. I believe in modern medicine as well, but I think that mm -hmm. holistic route is so amazing. And it is, I mean, I've heard stories like yours from so many people who have cured things that were untreatable, that were deemed untreatable, or, you know, all these other issues that were coming along. And I think it's incredible, Sunny. And it's also incredible that you stuck with it, that you committed to it, because that is a grueling process. Um, I was just tired of feeling bad, you know? <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, if I can stick it out for, for a couple of years and then live the rest of my life way better and have the chance to feel somewhat normal again and um kind of do what I love to do and then it would be worth it so and it has been and not to say the last few years have not been hard with I mean as you know having a baby and all those things but it makes you more thankful for like on those hard days you're like okay well it, you know 
I could, I could not be able to do this right now too. So you have, like, do you feel um, like almost a hundred percent in your body again? Yeah. I mean, every, even the healthiest person of course is going to have like off days. And I feel be, like because of all the health stuff I've been through and everything I know, I'm really aware like of everything that's going on in my body. So I think I notice things a lot more like why, okay, why do I have a headache today? Oh, it's probably because of this or whatever. But I think I'm, I think I feel better than I did when I was in college, to be honest, high school and college. So, and I've also been pregnant for the last two years. So (laughs) let me get back to you on (laughs) how I'm feeling after, after having two C-sections and, um, two babies in, in one year. And, uh, but yeah, I'll let you know. (laughs) Honey, you just had one thing after the other, after the other, after the other. And I know like it's led you to be the empathetic, insightful, inspired, loving person that you are. But sometimes like when you hear a story and I don't even know if you feel this way because you've been living it, but it's like, sometimes it's just so, it feels overwhelming to have to just go through all this stuff. Yeah. And I think I was, of course, when you're going through something like that, you're angry. Um, but I can, I can honestly say now that I'm, I'm thankful for, for all of it because I like little things don't bother me as much anymore. And I'm, I'm thankful, like, even though I didn't get to go back to Nashville and pursue, you know, things that, um, I had already always dreamed and planned to pursue. Um, I understand that whatever is supposed, and we've talked about this before. I remember right here, sisters um, over a glass of wine. Um, whatever is supposed to be yours will end up being yours. You know, you don't have to force it. And um, we have a maker that knows us and knows us fully more than we know ourselves and he knows what, what we need and what we don't need. And so, um, I just find peace and joy in that. And, um, you know, I got to put out my album. I'm still writing, um, about to put out another album when this, um, second little boy after the second little boy comes, cause it's sitting on the shelf ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just feel instead of like feeling like, well, I didn't get to do this or that. I just, I know it wasn't, that's not what it was meant to be. So I just find peace in that for sure. And you're still doing it. And that's the thing that I, I agree with you also is I'm not a country music star either. And that's, I mean, like on the big, biggest level, but that's why I moved to Nashville. But then I ended up realizing that I actually don't even really want to be a singer or songwriter. That's not really my passion. It led me to hosting and it led me to this podcast and it led me to a whole new world. But because I started that dream, it, I'm going to hide from my daughter. She just walked by (laughs) with Michael. I don't want her to see me. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm so grateful that I had the initial dream that took me on this run that led me led me all these down all these different roads because now you have 
your life in Austin. You've had all these experiences. You've overcome so much now. You have a, one beautiful boy, another one on the way. You're making music. You have a life that maybe like wasn't what you had thought it would be, but it's full and it's rich and it's and it's like you said, it's yours and it's all these different pieces have made you into the person you are today. And you know, it's like I think all the time, like we have all these grand plans of how we want our life to go. But like, how do I know where it's supposed to go? You know, like, how, how am I so, I'm not, like you were talking about earlier, I'm not the maker. Like, I'm going to follow my my gut. I'm going to follow the open doors. I'm going to follow the circumstances that come into my life. But like, why would I think that I could just plan it out in my head and that's how it's supposed to go? You know, I might be missing opportunities in a life that's way better, but I would have never picked it, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. I 100% agree with that. And it took me a little bit to get there. Um, especially when you're in the thick of like struggle or whatever, and I'm sure you did the same thing. Um, but yeah, but then when you get to experience, you know, other joys that you're like, Oh, okay. I might not have gotten to do that. You know, had I, had I, you know, stayed or, you know, had more success or whatever. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, just like I said, just makes you more thankful and you are like born to do what you're doing right now. It's amazing. I would have never, would have never figured this out though. If I had pursued, if, if, it, if yeah. music hadn't led me all the different roads to this, I mean, I didn't even know this podcasting. Like I didn't even know this was a thing, you know, it's like, I didn't even know that I, yeah, I didn't know. It's just because all of the random doors that opened and closed for me led me to this <laughs> and it's like I could have never planned it could have never premeditated it um what has being a mother taught you about life and yourself oh I I feel like uh, even after being a mother I'm a totally different person but I mean you know you just um all those little things you didn't understand before, like other, you know, other mothers. I even made fun of people for, for things. I will never do that. I will never be that person. And I'm totally that person now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, obviously it's just a love like no other. And it's so cool to see, um, half of you and half of your husband make this like little monster <laughs> um, and get to see your spouse um, feel that way about their child. And um, I don't know. I, my patients have definitely grown. Um, I've learned, I've learned like how busy you are. I didn't know because um, Suede, my, my first, he's, he's, all, he's been a high needs child since day one. Um, he's just, and he's like learning to, he's trying to like stand up and walk right now. So it's just even, you know, it's just even more, but you don't realize how like busy you can be at the, but at the same time be bored. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Like you're just, it's just like, but it, but it's like, you're not, you're nonstop, but you're also bored at the same time. That sounds terrible. Cause it's, cause I felt guilty about that several times, but the more mothers I talk to about it, they're like, Oh no, 
totally get what you're saying. Um, totally get that. But yeah, I didn't realize how selfish I was. I thought yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah, That's for sure. Exactly. Like, Jordan and I about that. Busy but bored because, like, I feel that same way. It's like you all day long, you chase this baby, you wipe butts, you feed them, you bathe them, you, um, you know, just everything is about the baby. And it's like you don't really get anything done. And your brain, <laughs> like, you're, you're stimulated in your brain because you're thinking about this baby and you love this baby. But then it's also like, yes, like a boredom, too. I totally know exactly what you're saying. And it's yeah. bad for saying that because you're ha the happiest you've ever been. But it's also this weird... I was talking to my mom about that last night. I was like, I get now when the baby is born, the mother is born too. Like my old self is dead. Like I don't even know. I couldn't even be my old self anymore now that Sonny's here. Like I, I don't even, there's the things I used to focus on and care about and I still care about on some level, but not really at all. It's like incomparable. The new person I am now, it's like I am a completely new human being. Totally. Yeah. And um, I think you're, it just refines like your, like yourself, like, like I said, I don't, I didn't realize how selfish I was. It refines that. I mean, we're always going to be selfish because we're human, but um, like you just kind of go out the window, especially for the first three months, especially when you have a high needs baby and a quarantine where you can't see anyone <laughs> and you're like, what the he double all these things is going on um and then your hormones and you know all, all the above and every like I was talking to someone about this the other day they're like did you have postpartum depression and I was like yeah doesn't yeah. everyone I mean like doesn't everyone there's no possible way after all of that no matter how well it goes or how good of a baby you have, there's no possible way that each woman doesn't feel that to some degree. Yeah. Um, that's something I didn't understand either until I'd been through it. I was like, gosh, man, now I understand why that friend didn't ever, I didn't see her for like six months or we didn't talk for like almost a year, you know, you yeah. get it. And totally, <laughs> and it's not like you're, it's, like, it's a weird kind of postpartum depression is an interesting thing because you're so yeah. happy and you're so in love with your child and you're so thankful for this life, but it's like all of these hormones are leaving your body that you are now mm -hmm. a completely new person. Then the amount of energy, time, emotional fear, everything that is put on this child to keep it alive and like meeting this person that you're fully responsible for the death of your old self it changes your marriage it changes your body it changes everything about how your life was it's like it's the death of it's a death of your old self plus a million hormones like how could you not feel that depre depression and but at the same time extreme happiness it's so bizarre it re it really is it's a very strange process I'll agree it's so weird and um I had no I, I was not prepared for that at all no idea and I've like talked to several of my friends who became mothers before me and I was like why didn't why didn't you tell me this and they're all like I don't know I guess we've kind of just forgotten about that because the, you know, they've got older like two and three year olds or whatever and I guess we forgot 
I was like, how do you, how do you forget that? And one of them said, well, we didn't, I didn't want to scare you. I didn't want to scare you. And I was like, oh, it wouldn't have scared me. It would just like have prepared me a little more for it, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a very interesting, awesome um, little process you have to go through for sure. I wonder how it's going to be for you with two. Like, I wonder if it'll be easier because you've already done it once or if it's going to be harder because you have now two children under the age of two. And wow, that's going to be a lot. One is like, you know, a newborn. Uh, but I wonder like if the postpartum will be easier or if it'll be harder or what. Like, I'm, I'm going to have, you're going to have to keep me posted on how that goes because at least you were prepared for it now, you know? Yeah. But two is going to be a totally different ball game. Yeah. I think, I think part of me, Oh, I know. And part of me is like, well, I wish I didn't know because I wouldn't be, it's not that I'm dreading having, having him, but I'm also like, Oh gosh, I know what it, I know what it's going to be like, especially the first couple of months. Those first three months, those first three months took me to my knees. Oh my. Yes. And we, you know, we had swayed like right when the shutdown, the quarantine and all that had started in the virus was super scared. Like that's when it was all super scary. So we weren't like letting people see him because we didn't know, you know, you have this new precious little baby in this pandemic happening and you have no idea if it's safe for him to see people. Um, but, but thankfully my, my parents, they knew he was coming. He, it was a scheduled C-section because he was breech. Um, so they kind of quarantined for a couple of weeks and they were able to come and stay with us for a couple of weeks and help. And that was, that was my saving grace for sure. Um, but, but this time around, I, I think that I, I know more and I am not going to feel guilty about getting help this time. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll know how to prepare a little more for after the baby comes like with your first or for me, it was, I was more about like the pregnancy and researching about pregnancy and all those things. And, um, you're like doing your showers and, you know, living in the moment with all that stuff instead of like preparing for after the baby comes. And so this time I've been preparing for after, <laughs> yeah. so I totally get that. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up, but I um, have a couple more questions. One is you and Jordan have such an amazing marriage, and y'all are such just a strong couple. You've been through so much together from obviously like hometown sweethearts, then reconnecting, him being a professional football player, having an injury, having to change his whole life, you with country music and your autoimmune, the car wreck, like the fear of not having children, so many things y'all have been through together and you keep coming out stronger and stronger. And now parents, what is the secret to a marriage, especially a marriage that has weathered so many storms and survived and thrived? Oh, first of all, we don't have a perfect marriage. Oh my goodness. And I would never want anyone to ever think that we have a, I think we've grown and um, developed into being able to communicate a lot better. Like now I will say that we have, we have learned how to communicate effectively after 
10 years. I mean, gosh, we should have done that sooner, but, um, but do not be afraid to go to marital counseling because you are two imperfect people and you're going to butt heads on so many issues because you're human. Um, it's so important to have somebody who is unbiased intervene and, you know, direct you in the ways you need to go so that you can have a healthy, healthy relationship. Um, that doesn't mean that it's going to always be perfect at all. Um, because we still fight about really stupid stuff. <laughs> and well, last night we were fighting over something dumb, but um, oh, Michael and I, I like, will our fights are so dumb. I'm like, these are the dumbest fights ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, but I, I'm also thankful that it's also fighting over dumb stuff and not like super serious stuff either. But yeah, I will say don't, do not be afraid to go to counseling or feel like that is like a bad thing at all. I mean, even individually, it can help your marriage. So, and we, we, I'm just like you exercise your body, you, you take care of what you eat, you work hard at like your job and career. Why would you not work hard on your brain and your emotional being with your spouse and yourself? Like that's, we live in our own little world. Why would you not try to maintain that and keep that healthy? Like that's the most important out of anything that we maintain. Oh, 100%. And also just making your, I mean, and I think that just depends on like, your lifestyle and your beliefs and, and things like that. But, um, for us, our marriage comes first. We've talked about, we, we had time, you know, years to talk about things like that before um, our baby came. And we both agreed that, you know, the babies are going to be our world, but our marriage and our relationship is always going to come, come first. So, and, and we want our kids to see that and, and and know that um so well that's the foundation anyway for the, i'm sure we're but that's the foundation for the exact world if you and jordan aren't strong then how could you provide a strong foundation for your children you know for sure for sure but i mean it's you know it's hard marriage is hard it's always going to be <laughs> my mom told me that my whole life. She's always said marriage is like a job. You have to work at it. Like you work at anything else. And I always thought that was weird when I was growing up as a kid, like, why do you have to work at marriage? Like, it doesn't feel like that's something that you need to work at. But now that I've been married for <clears throat> six years and with Michael for almost 10 or 11, it's like, you absolutely have to work at it. You absolutely have to learn how to communicate. You absolutely have to learn how to apologize and learn how to you know, drop your armor and learn, you just have to learn the other person and you have to always be trying. If you're not trying, then it's, you, you have to maintain it constantly. Oh, for sure. And that was something, you know, I didn't know either. I mean, you know it, but you don't know it like going into marriage and, um, cause you know, you're not always going to have those like I mean, you will have sparks and things like that, but when you, those carry you through the first couple of years and then yeah. you're like, oh, this person leaves their dirty socks everywhere and, you know. 
<laughs> I know. It's like in the very beginning, it's like the notebook. You're doing all this passion and romance, and it's like you can't get enough of each other. And then you've been married for a long time. You still love each other and all the things, but it's like I'm not trying to just like go get slammed up against a wall right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me sleep. <laughs> Especially now. Don't knock me up again, Lord. <laughs> please, please, you need a break, woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunny, oh, you're amazing. You are such a bright light to this world. I'm so thankful to know you. And when I lived in Austin for a year, it was so fun to get to hang out with you. And because you're in my sister's neighborhood, I'm so thankful that we get to like keep up and. You're just an amazing person, and thank you for sharing your story and your heart and just who you are because it's just truly inspiring. I always leave my podcast with one question, which is leave your light, and basically it's just what do you want people to know? It's just a very open-ended question. Oh, gosh. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm truly like blown away that you would even ask me. Um, but I think one thing I wish I could have, and I still have to tell myself this a lot, still something I work on every day, but um, I think just don't prepare yourself for the worst thing that can happen because no matter what happens, it's always going to be different than what you, what you think. That's so true. And um, my, my, uh, yeah, and my, uh, I say my cousin, it's actually Jordan's cousin, Kara, has a podcast too, and she asked me this question. Um, and when I told her that, she said, yeah, that's, that's something I deal with too. And she said, I read this article, or it was in a book or something, and she said um the part what the think of thing the worst thing that can happen you you're put literally putting your body and your mind through that but god's not there when when you're putting yourself through it but no matter what happens he's gonna be there so it's just better to not um think of think of the worst to prepare yourself for the worst i guess i should say wow anyway because when you think of the worst thing that you think can happen it is that is really probably not the worst thing that's going to happen to you. It's going to be something completely different. And when you're living in that fear in your mind, God's not there. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So you might as well just try to live in the moment and trust God and trust that whatever comes your way, God will help you through. That's really all we can do. Totally. It's a work, always a work in progress. <laughs> Honey, you are so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing story. I just love you, girl. And thanks for being the inspiration, one of the inspirations for Sally's thing. Uh, well, thanks for having this whole podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to to all your, your episodes. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me. Love you. Love you, girl. And I'll see you around the hood when we're back, back in Cabin. Now. Sounds good. Have fun at the ranch. Bye. Bye, Sunny. <laughs>
thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.